You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Suntanam from Mint's personal finance team. In this episode, let's talk about one of the most important financial documents, a will. When someone dies without a will, there won't be any direction on how his or her assets are to be distributed to the family members. The loved ones may have to go through courts to get their share and this delayed process could also lead to many family disputes. To ensure a smooth transition of assets, we must prioritize writing a will. But there are myths about writing a will like that it is only for rich, it is not required when we are young and that it is a big task to write a will. None of them stands valid in the current times. To help us understand the basic requirements of writing a will, we invited Abhishek Mathur. Abhishek is a partner with Lutra and Lutra Law Offices in its private client estate planning, real estate and general corporate practice. Abhishek graduated from National Law School, Bangalore and has two decades of professional experience advising top corporates, private clients and family offices in India. Let's invite him. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Abhishek, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I think this is the first time you're on our show. Hi Satya, thank you for having me. Yes, this is the first time. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. Uh, in this podcast, let's talk about writing uh, about writing a will, uh, Abhishek. Many people tend to overlook the importance of a will in financial planning. Uh, I guess it's also the most, uh, you know, least prioritized document. So let's start mm. with why is a will necessary? Yeah, so uh, as you rightly said, uh, people often do not pay as much attention to writing a will as they should. Uh, Simply speaking, why is a will necessary? Uh, See, there are laws which largely are based on the religion or the community of a person which provide for how a person's estate or broadly speaking his properties, assets and liabilities will travel or will vest after his lifetime upon his death. So there are norms and guidelines already provided in law that after a person's life, who will be the beneficiary, who will hold or in whom the estate of the person will vest. Now, however, the law has empowered you to go beyond those default norms and also prescribe this authority that has given you this authority to write a will, which is an expression of your own desire as to how your properties should vest after you. So now you can choose to whom you want to give the property. In most cases, as a default option, in the case of an interstate succession, which basically means uh, where you have not left a testament or a will, then it will. There are identified classes of legal heirs in whom those properties will go, and then if one class is not there, then there are second class of legal heirs, and that's how it is. So it will effectively devolve only into between or among your legal heirs. With a will, you can choose which of your legal heirs or people outside your legal heirs, those who who are not necessarily your legal heirs, the will can direct your property to them in the event of your death. 
so will is a very empowering tool and uh, you know you then decide the destiny of your uh, of your assets of your properties beyond your lifetime in a manner so to say through a will so this must be looked into more and more people should exercise this option also one aspect is the fact that this is an empowering as tool and the second is because there are life as it is uh, you know there are uncertainties and uh, if you have a will in place where, you know irrespective of whatever age you are at it's not that one has to make a will only in advanced age you know when one is getting old or something will is almost now uh, you know a, a preferred requirement while one is young also because uh, in the event of something happening to your life it can take care of your legal heirs or any beneficiary that you so appoint in the will so will is a must have in these must days have. sure let's break it down mr abhishek um uh, say suppose uh, there's a person who did not write a will but communicated orally to all the family members on how he or she wants her property to be distributed what happens in that case hmm. so uh in general the will under the indian law is classified uh, in two broad categories called a privileged will and an unprivileged will so everyone who has to write a will or who wishes to direct the, the how the property vests or to whom the property vests after his lifetime his or her lifetime has to make a will which has to be in writing the only provision which allows for an oral will and that category is called as the privileged will under law that is permissible largely to people who are like soldiers mariners airmen when they are either on an expedition or engaged in warfare then there are certain uh, liberties given to them where a strict uh, technical requirements of making a will is not to be adhered to one of those options is that the person can make an oral will meaning thereby that the concerned person can declare his intent as to how his property should go after his lifetime this is also available only when they are on an expedition or actual yeah. warfare if they are not so and if they are on shore or something not engaged then they have to write a proper will so any other person will have to have a will in writing but what if they don't have i mean but, but the family can mutually uh, have discussions and agree to particular share as per the wishes, wishes of the deceased person and can distribute it uh, you know without any disputes right no if they if the person has not left a will irrespective of however the rest of the family members want to divide the property the property will go to the legal heirs as prescribed under the applicable law which is the indian succession act a uh, hindu succession act and indian succession act read together so when the law says say for example a hindu who passes away uh, and he has not left a will even if all the family members including say the parents the spouse the children maybe brothers sisters they want to divide the property in a particular manner the property will however go only to the class 1 legal heirs so there are categories of legal heirs so who fall within different classes so only to them what are the there what are the class 1 heirs for hindus so there are different uh, uh, you know uh, legal heir male female i i can give you a list of different class 1 legal but say for example the mother the wife 
and the children are the class 1 legal heir for a hindu then there are class 2 legal heirs and all these class 1 legal heirs take together in equal proportion if there is a no will if there is no will if none there is no class 1 legal heir then there is a list of le- class 2 legal heirs which take in a order of preference so if there is uh, one person who is the first person mentioned in the list of class 2 legal heirs if he or she is there then everyone else mentioned down the order will not get it so there are these different rules for different communities and this of course gets into a little lot of technicalities but what i was about to say is that so this is how the property will vest thereafter if the family members want to redivide the property amongst them in a particular manner then they will have to you know adopt the tool of either a gift or a transfer of property among themselves and then that has to be done through a registered document so if they have not left a will the properties will go to the legal heirs as specified in the laws and then they will have to get into gifting or transferring parts of it to each other understand understand now um, how do one go about writing a will what are the legal requirements on writing a will so uh, see it's a uh, will they, the law has ensured that it should not be a cumbersome process it should be a simple process so there is no specific format that you must have for a will one a will has can be written just on a plain paper it need not be written on an stamp paper so you don't need a stamp paper you just need a plain paper and you have to write a will uh first of all who can make a will there are two or three criteria let us just go through them quickly one is the person has to be uh, has to have attained majority by age and then the person must be the person making the will must be in sound mind so uh, he should be able to make the distinctions he should be able to do things consciously identify the beneficiaries properties what should go to whom in a sound state of mind and the person must not be making a will under some kind of an undue influence or some kind of a coercion because if a will is made under an undue influence under any undue influence or coercion then it's not an expression of the free will of the person he is being forced to do that so this undue influence or coercion vitiates the will so these are some qualities or criteria for who can make a will how to make a will as we were discussing it can just be written on a plain piece of paper no stamp paper needed however there's a requirement of attestation of a will by two witnesses so when the will is being signed by the person who is making the will the testator then the, there have to be two witnesses also who sign the will as witnesses which is a process of authentication that yes this will has been made in front of me these witnesses don't have to know the exact content of the will but they should at least uh, be a bear a witness to the fact that this will was executed in front of me so there are there is the requirement of protestation by two witnesses uh, also it is advisable that the testator the person making the will should appoint an executor uh in the will an executor is the person who will execute or administer the will meaning thereby it is the executor who will ensure that the properties go to the beneficiaries who have been identified and in the manner and the ratio that it has been so identified so in a manner in a way he is person who has been uh, given the responsibility by the testator to ensure that the 
property vests as per the will into the beneficiaries. Uh, while there is no specific format for the will, as I said, it is important that the language of the will should be clear. If the language is not very clear, it is uh, ambiguous, then that, that causes confusion and that could be there could be dispute. So the language should be clear. You must identify your properties very clearly so that it is it can be held as distinct from any other property of similar description. You don't have to give a value of your property, you see, but the properties must be identified clearly. The beneficiaries must be identified clearly. So generic description of a person is not advisable to the extent that you can uh, detail uh, and specify who you want this particular property to go to, you must do so. Also, it is advisable that, you know, because uh, uh, one will can be overridden by a subsequent will. So it is general practice that you always mention that this is your last will, last and final will, so that there's no confusion as to, you know, uh, uh, whether it, it conflicts with any prior will or something like that. And it is also advisable uh, to state that you are making it out of your own free will so that the, uh, you know, the, any, any apprehension of uh, undue influence or coercion is also taken care of. So these are some of the broad formats. As I said also, just to add quickly, once you have made a will, suppose you acquire a property and another property or you have disposed of a property which you have already mentioned in the will, then there's a provision of amending the will or modifying the will that can be done through a subsequent document which is known as a codicil. So you can always make a codicil which modifies your pre-existing will. Or you can make a new will altogether which completely is, takes away your previous will and then now this new will will regulate your properties and your beneficiaries. So... Uh, these are the requirements. Also, just to add here, registration of a will is not mandatory. So, while registration is not mandatory, it is still advisable if it is possible that you register the will because it lends a further uh, layer of authenticity to the will. Once a will is registered, then it means that it is, it is safe to presume that you know it is not a forced document or a fake document. The beneficiary indeed has signed the said document. So the registration does have certain advantages. Uh, one thing with respect to registration, which one needs to know is that you can register the will anywhere in any registration office uh, in the office of any sub-registrar in India. It need not be registered in that sub-registrar's office only where the property falls. This is as opposed to like a sale deed or a lease deed in relation to a property. It that Those documents need to be registered only within the only in that sub-registrar's office within whose territorial jurisdiction the property falls. But a will can be registered in any other place also. So there's no such strict requirement with respect to registration. So yeah. these are some of the broad uh, things to be kept in mind. Very well put Abhishek. And uh, when we talk about will, we also often hear the word probate. So, they say probating a will. So, what is the meaning of it and uh, how does one get a will probated? Yeah. So, probate is a process of authentication of a will. That the will is authentic in all, in all manner. And once the will is authenticated, then it can then be admitted. Uh, 
just to uh, I want, to, terms I want to interrupt you here once, uh, Abhishek. What is the difference between registration of a will and probate? Yeah. So registration of a will is completely different from a probate of the will. Registering when you make when you register a document, the 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 implication of registering a document is to make the document a public document as opposed to because it is registered with a public authority and uh, also at different stages or or in the event of different transactions or different deeds or documents registration has a different implication say for example if you were to sell a property or if you were to lease a property for a period of more than you know 12 months 12 months or more this the law says can only be done through a registered document why does it so because once the document is registered it is a public notice it is also a notice or an information to public at large that okay now the ownership or the title to this property has changed from a to b or a new interest in the property has been created which was completely owned by a now a tenant b is also sitting on that property so by registering it is a way of making an information public so it's a pub- deemed public notice so that is a registration aspect therefore these requirements are not imposed on a will because a will could be a very private document and you don't have to therefore mandatorily register a will as opposed to this probate is a different process probate is a process where through which you apply you make a petition to the court of law and the court of law you submit the will there are certain requirements to be mentioned in the probate petition and you also have to make the class 1 legal heirs of the testator parties to the probate petition and you are what you are seeking when you are trying to obtain a probate is a confirmation from the court of law that this will is authentic this will can be administered as it is it is not vitiated on any of the grounds on which the will can be challenged so once the notice is issued to all the legal heirs and all the beneficiaries by the court once you have applied made filed a probate petition the court will issue notice to all the beneficiaries and the legal heirs of the testator and there the beneficiaries and the legal heirs get a chance to object to the will they can say no this was made under coercion or undue influence or the language is not clear it means a but it is read to be it is read as being b all of those things yeah. so the court listens to hears all the parties their contentions and thereafter if the court is convinced that the will is proper it is not vitiated with any of those fact vitiating factors then it issues a certificate of probate which means that now it is completely authentic and then it can be administered or enforced in terms of the will sure, so that sure. is what probate is the registration happens uh, when the will is written and the probate comes into picture after the decease of the person who wrote the will right uh it's yeah it's not about uh, yeah in terms of timelines yes but it is not a timeline based difference registration of course you know there is a time period during which uh, once the document is executed it has to be registered within certain number of months of that probate of course happens because the will has to become operational only after the lifetime of the person so yes you are right that the probate also has to take place after the person is no more and now the will is being 
given effect understand listeners please note that as per the indian succession act and the hindu succession act a probate is mandatory for all wills signed in mumbai chennai and kolkata as well as for assets located in these places now uh, we also heard from one of our readers that as a muslim one is not allowed to make a will uh, is it correct abhishek see there is a uh, uh, well first it is not correct uh, there are norms as i said uh, personal laws uh, provide norms for intestate succession if a person has not left a will in which persons the property of the deceased will vest so that is true for whether it's a hindu person muslim any other person coming from any other faith or community to say that muslim law does not provide for making a will is not correct however there are restrictions under the muslim law and that restriction is and of course you know there are the, the two broad sects we can say the shia and the sunni sects within the muslim personal law so uh, a will can be made by a person but the person can only will up to about 1/3 of his total properties the remaining 2/3 will have to go as per the rules applicable for intestate succession so first thing is it does provide for making a will the restriction is the will can through a will you can only dispose of 1/3 of your property now when you are disposing of this 1/3 of the property if you are giving this property to any of your existing legal heirs then that kind of a disposition will have to be done with the consent of the legal all the legal heirs as such so one is you have a set of legal heirs to whom this two third property will go now one third also you are saying okay i am giving it to one among those legal heirs one of them so if you are giving the one third also to one of one or more of your legal heirs then the consent of other legal heirs is also required however if you are willing this if you are giving this one third property to a person who is not a legal heir then such consent may not be required the, the, there are clear rules and you know there elaborate and sometimes complicated rules with respect to these vestings sure. so it is always advisable that the person making the will should take a legal advice before making such wills understand if we have to simplify this uh, if 100 rupees is the value of the uh, total uh, assets that one a muslim is holding if a b c are the legal heirs then uh, 33 rupees uh, can be distributed as per the person as per the wish of the person who is writing the will uh, the remaining uh, 66.5 you know rupees or whatever will be distributed as per the personal law uh, the muslim personal law so and if this yeah. 33 rupees is also to be given to one of abc then there should be a consent taken from uh, other uh, legal heirs also but if it is you know if it if it is given to uh, you know other than abc then there is no consent required but of course it also comes with uh, terms and conditions so one has to report to their law and uh, consult yeah, their it's best lawyer that you what to explain is correct and uh, as i said because there are technicalities required it is best that the person you know does take uh, does consult a, a lawyer or an advisor who can advise him competently understand yes. understand So we talk about personal laws here. Say suppose there is no will, 
and uh, a person died but uh, there, there is a interfaith marriage uh, so in that case what personal law will prevail see interfaith marriages uh, uh, let me talk about interfaith marriages in the context of a special marriage act uh, in where an interfaith marriage has been registered under a special marriage act then the special marriage act there is the, i think that it is section 21 probably which uh, says that in such cases the properties of the person will not go as per the norms of the uh, of uh, as applicable under their personal law but it will go as per the general principles available under the indian succession act so if there is an interfaith marriage under special marriage act then the norms of uh, succession under the personal laws will not apply and it will go as per the provisions of the indian succession act which establishes which provides how the property will go uh, whether uh, in the event of a uh, intestate succession or a testamentary succession this is complicated uh, we probably will have to go into finer details here in the say for example when a interfaith marriage happens and it is not under the special marriage act uh then you know again uh, it it gets into gray areas and complicated areas whether the property of the uh, of the husband will go as per the, the 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 default situation would be that the property of the husband would go as per the personal laws applicable to the husband and the property of the wife will go as per the personal laws applicable to the wife but uh, these are areas where one has to trade carefully and uh, you know again look at the law uh, take advice while making a will but the special marriage act as i said uh, marriages under that that has a clear provision that you know the properties of these uh, of the spouses will not be governed based on their personal laws norms but it will be as per the provisions under the indian succession act got it got it it's it's a little complicated <laughs> uh in in some cases where it is not under special marriage act under special marriage act it is quite clear sure sure thank you abhishek uh, thank you so much for decoding such complex topics of course writing a will is easy but uh, after that uh, you know when the transmission happens i think that's where the challenges come into picture right it may but uh, practically that should not hold back anyone from first writing a will you don't need please don't wait to get a legal advice necessarily to write a will just write a will on a plain paper make two witnesses sign that uh, when you are signing it they should attest that you have signed in front of them and as i said it does not take much to keep improving upon your will or replacing a will with subsequent will so those niceties and details you can then again go and check with a legal advisor or complicate you know uh, with someone who can uh, help you uh, simplify it and modify it the will sure that's all for now in this episode listeners if you have any queries or suggestions you can reach out to me on twitter my handle is at @satyasontanam S A T Y A S O N T A N A M, or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint dot com. Bye bye. To 
stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com